0: Welcome to Let's Get to Work, a podcast with stories of hope and inspiration for people experiencing blindness and vision loss, as well as those wanting to support us. Brought to you by the Employment Committee of the American Council of the Blind, a place where we talk about all things employment, finding jobs, holding jobs, building careers, and challenging stigmas. Each month will consist of two visually impaired people who have chosen to travel down unique career paths. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let's get to work. Welcome to Let's Get to Work.
1: My name is Peter Altschul of the American Council of the Blind Employment Committee. I'm delighted to interview Leslie Spoon, who is the wife of Dan Spoon, who many of you may know as the president of the American Council of the Blind. Uh, In addition to uh, Leslie's uh, duties as ACB president wife, she does a few other things as well, which we're going to talk about. So Leslie, welcome to Let's Get to Work.
2: Thank you, Peter, and thank you to the Employment Committee for having me tonight.
1: We're delighted to have you. And to start, tell us, Leslie, what you do professionally.
2: So, professionally, I'm a certified aerobics instructor and a certified personal trainer, certified aqua instructor, certified yoga instructor. Um, there's many more hats I wear, but I'm um, I-, I love exercise, so <laughs> that's that's my profession. <laughs>
1: So, what what got you interested in the in exercise? What do you like about exercise? Talk about that.
2: So, um, just to kind of back up, my my visual impairment is I have retinitis pigmentosa, so I was diagnosed when I was eight years old, and I had low vision for a long time. Um, with RP, it it, degen- it degenerates as you age, um, as most people do know. And um, so, I always loved to move. I swam. I Uh, rode bikes. I did gymnastics. I did it all, you know, uh, growing up. So my family was very competitive. We were very sports oriented and, uh, just loved to move. So, um, it's hard to keep me seated. (laughs) So when I met Dan, um, many years ago, um, and he lived here in Orlando, Florida, and I lived in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I told him, I said, I really want to be in a certified aerobic instructor. That's my, my dream is to do this. And he said, well, why haven't you done it before? And I said, you know, I've just been really apprehensive with my vision and how would they, how would it look and how would people deal with me having a visual impairment and teaching, you know, this is back, you know, in the eighties and nineties and things were different then. you know, we've come so far in, in the blind world is what I say in the visual impairment world, um, low vision. So he said to me, well, why don't you just do it? You know, why don't you, why, why don't you take the class? And I took a three day workshop here in Florida and, um, you had to learn how to choreograph. You had to learn the muscles of the body and you had to learn, you know, the cueing and, so all these things, so it was a three-day workshop and I took that workshop and then I went on further to take, um, the test. So they're two different tests. I've, I've had a couple of tests. So each test I've had to have a reader because I had low vision, but it was deteriorating at that time. So, so that was, you know, I had to go to different parts of Florida and take the test and they gave me extra time. And then I had to teach, show them that I could teach, um, like one little segment, you know, maybe do a bicep curl and they would uh, grade you on that. So that's that's kind of my journey. How I got started with it, um, you know. So so I got in '99. I got um, did the test and got certified, and I've been teaching ever since here in Florida. So,
1: so can we go back a little bit? I, I'm intrigued yeah. by your comments that uh, you always like to move and you did gymnastics and all that stuff. And I'm not an expert on blind people and recreation, but it is my understanding that many of us um, aren't particularly mobile uh, and don't do a lot of uh, physical stuff uh, for for a number of reasons. And I'm wondering what sort of in your early days sort of got you encouraged to do that physical stuff, the gymnastics stuff that 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 sort of led you into the career you currently are in.
2: My family always moved. My brother did basketball. My sisters did um, swimming and my family was very, very um into moving into getting out and doing stuff very competitive. Um we moved around a little bit. So the last part last place I was in with my family was Las Vegas. So I was in California and then Indiana and then Las Vegas before I moved to Florida on Mary Dan. But yeah, we always moved. I always played basketball with my brother. Um I have I'm the baby of five. So just you know so people know. (laughs) And uh all my siblings were much older than me. So it, you know, they could they could teach me how to do stuff. They, you know, I had low vision for a long time. Um, just up until recently I've lost most of my vision. I just have a little bit of vision in my right eye and my left eye has nothing. So when I taught in gyms, people would move around. So I, I wouldn't see what they were doing.
1: <laughs> so, so, uh, so it sounds like your, your brother and your family sort of encouraged you and taught you to play basketball or taught you to, uh, you know, to do things, of uh, that sort of helped you out in, the, uh, in doing what you do today.
2: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Love swimming, basketball, gymnastics. So we just moved. My, my mom moved much, but my siblings did. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 No, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is great. So you, so you um, t- took, you, you took this course to be a certified aerobics instructor. Is that, is that correct? Is that, is that correct. what that yeah, what
2: I took a workshop for a three day workshop here in Oviedo, Florida. And they never had seen, so Peter, you got to think about this, this is like the late 80s, 90s. I've yep. never seen blind people walk in to a gym. It was really, really bizarre. So I'm like, so I walk in, I have my cane and I have good low vision then. And I walk in and I'm like, so I'm here to take the course. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take the course. And they're like, are you sure? You know, how much vision do you have? You know, this is back when things were like really wild, you know, and people were like, and this profession is very unusual to blind and visually impaired people back then. It's, it's more common now. There's more visually impaired personal trainers now that I know of, but when I was doing it, there was nobody that was teaching our, our training. So they're like, okay, well, we guess we'll let you come in, you know, and do it, you know, but what are you going to have to, who's going to help you and, and how are you going to how are you going to get up? You know, you know those lovely questions that people ask you—the weird questions. Sure. How are you going to move? How are you going to? How are you going to find the table? How are you going to? How are you going to teach people if you can't see? You know. And I said, well, I think it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I'll just adjust, and I think it'll work. And you know, I'm. You know, I can, I can do pretty much what you guys can do. I just can't see as well as you, you know, so.
1: (laughs) So you said that there are more uh, visually impaired trainers out there now compared to then. What's changed?
2: I believe that people, I I believe the, um, you know, the, the stereotyping, I hate to use that, but the stereotyping about visually impaired people, I, I think that it's more common now for visually impaired people to train. I don't know of very many people that teach much anymore. You know, I never, I never knew of anybody here in Florida. It was just me that taught that did uh, the actual teaching a step class or teaching um, a yoga class. I'm sure there are some now. I just don't know of it right now,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: but um, you know, so when I, when I first started, I was featured, this is, this is my claim to fame, Peter. I was featured in fitness magazine in 1999. So that that's my claim. <laughs> that's
1: awesome. And, and and what what prompted them to feature you? You think
2: because I was visually impaired,
1: mm-hmm. and you were doing the work,
2: and I was so, doing the work, and I was teaching classes with with all sighted people. No blind people were in my class.
1: So let's 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 just say you 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 get this certification, mm-hmm. you you pass the exam presumably, otherwise you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. And um, so what happened next? You know, you you've gotten this you've gotten this license or whatever it is certificate what happened next?
2: So the journey continues and the next steps are, I tell Dan, I go, so what do I do now? He's like, you go to work. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, Oh, okay. So I um, went to a gym that was close to my shop in my shopping center near my house. So I could walk to my work, which was great because there was a gym called world's gym in my shopping center. So I could walk there. I took my step. I don't know if you've ever taken a step class. It's a it's a board. You're on a board and you have risers under it. And I taped it with white, the white tape that you put on cars. So you could see it reflected white tape. Mm-hmm. Taped the ends of my step so I wouldn't fall off the ends of the step. And I could teach still and see my step, you know, doing the, the routines back then. And um, so I walked up to the gym. I went into the gym. They said, uh, we have a class that you could teach. But with your vision, you're going to have to team teach. So I had to team teach with another person. And I said, that's fine, you know, um, whatever I can do. So I got my foot in the door by team teaching with another, with a couple other instructors um, back in the 90s. So the very first time I got to teach, I got five seconds <laughs> to teach.
1: <laughs> five seconds.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, really? I'm like, well, at least was better than nothing. So I went home and I told Dan, I said, "I got five seconds. Excuse me, five minutes. I got five minutes. Oh, five minutes. okay. Sorry, five minutes. I got five minutes to teach." And Dan said, "Well, that's good. You know, you got five minutes?" And I said, "Yeah, that was great." And then my boss, after would go over things that um, I needed to be corrected on and learn more. So my boss at the time, I did not like, but to this day, I say thank you to her every day, every time I'm teaching, because I am a better teacher because of her. Now, now this day, you know, I say that to myself, but back then I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this boss, you know, because she was always dogging me and always, you know, keeping me after class and, you know, my five minutes, I'd be teaching my five minutes after that class was over. We'd be, we would practice and she would correct me on things for an hour. So,
1: (laughs) so let's, let's talk about that boss of yours. She sounded uh, incredibly helpful to you now, right? You view her as a, as a real help. And back then you weren't sure what to make of her. It sounds like, um, Correct. Yeah. Uh, what, um, uh, what did she do? Did she support you? She supported you by giving you, you good feedback. Did she also support you by giving you like positive feedback and tell you what you were doing well?
2: Um, she did. Yes, she did. But like, for my five minutes when I first started, and then she, you know, then they increased me to 10 minutes. And then I finally got, Peter, I finally got to teach half of the class. Wow. I, know, I was like, woohoo. <laughs> I'm like, I get half of the class, but I was still team teaching. I never taught on my own when I was under her with that boss. I never taught by myself. They always, you know, I was ta- team taught. The reason being was if something happened to another person, they, that teacher, could go over to the person and say, are you okay? You know, what's going on? So the, the liability really kicked in um, being a visually impaired teacher back then.
1: Sure. So, so you're, uh, you're doing your thing. You get to where you can teach uh, half of the class and you, you were working with this boss who uh, sounds like she was sort of a drill master, but, but <laughs> you, you got really a, a lot of valuable input from her. So you're going along doing this stuff and making some improvement. What happened next?
2: So I made improvement. And the girl I was team teaching with, she got laryngitis and couldn't talk. So I got to teach the whole class.
1: (laughs) Hey, (laughs) opportunity knocks in weird ways, right?
2: Doesn't it? I felt bad for her, but I was, and she was there. She just sat on the sidelines and watched everybody. but, But I got to teach the whole class. So then my boss, you know, after that, told me what I did right and told me what I did wrong. And, you know, went over everything with me. So if you have a boss, I'll say this, if you have a boss that's really critiquing you, you might think it's horrible now, but in the future, you're going to really, really love it, you know? So
1: so, so once your, your partner got over the laryngitis, you, you still taught the entire class?
2: I still taught the entire class because she moved. She had to move. Ah. They, gave me the, they gave me my own class. Um, because nobody else was around to team team teach with me and their schedules were different than mine. And the class was at 6 a.m. I got a lot of 6 a.m. classes because they thought the blind and visually impaired person didn't want to get up early and teach. <laughs> I cycled at 6 a.m. I taught step at 6 a.m. I taught awkward at 6 a.m. I taught everything at 6 a.m. So, uh, uh, so that was cool. So I got my own class. And then I branched out to other gyms. And um, after... I was deemed worthy enough, you know, because of the vision that I got to go teach other places and and I worked at other places. So I worked at about um, six different gyms at one time. So I would teach one class and then go to another gym and teach another class. And then people were so cool. They would start calling me to team, you know, to teach their class if they were sick or on holiday, you know, so it's a really interesting field to be in though. So uh,
1: on average, I know this is a hard question to answer. How many people, how many people were in each of your classes?
2: Oh boy. Um,
1: or, or give me a range.
2: Well, okay. So my 6 a.m. classes, I'd have, yeah. about, this is really cool. I'd have about eight. I thought that was great for 6 a.m. Yeah. And then I taught a 9 a.m. class. And then I taught a 5 o'clock, 5, 5.30 class. I had about 20, 25. Because that's the prime time. Um, so
1: pe- people are just getting off of work. And so they come, they come to the gym right. and do their thing
2: and do their thing. And I taught cycling then, which cycling, it was called spinning then. Um, now it's called cycling, but I taught spinning and everybody loved to spin. And the cool thing about that, Peter, everybody was in my element because you're in the dark. Oh, (laughs) so that was really cool for me. I was like, all right, everybody's in my element now.
1: (laughs) So, so, so how did you, um, how did you monitor those 25 people? Um, you obviously, it's some vision which I assume you used, but but how did you how did you uh, make sure that or as many people as possible were doing what they're supposed to be doing?
2: A lot of verbal, a, a lot of talking. Um, I also one person would come a lot. I would I would you know one person would be up front. You know, you always have that one student that wants to be up front, gets there early, talks to you. So I befriended befriended them and said, hey, you know, my vision. I have low vision. I can see a little bit. I also walked around a lot. The, the workout was not for me. I would teach it and then walk around and make sure everybody was good. And then also that person would also make sure everybody was good too, that, that I would be friend and they would be in the front. And they could see what was going on, or sometimes they go in the back and check out everybody else. But most of the time I walked around a lot. I would do, what, I would teach the routine and then get off my step or, you know, not do the routine and then walk around.
1: So you were doing all this stuff, working in several gyms. Uh, how did you get from gym to gym?
2: Well, that was fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it was.
2: So I did paratransit a lot, and life was really fun with paratransit. I would sometimes get there right on time and sometimes get there early, and sometimes I would never get a ride home. And so then uh, that was getting kind of difficult. So Dan's dad um, was retired then, and he would come get me and take me to two my classes he would take me to my 6 a.m. class and then uh, we would go have breakfast in between and then he would take me to my 9 a.m. class. And then I would teach again at noon and a friend would come pick me up or I'd take paratransit. So uh,
1: so you had a whole system in place.
2: I did. And some of the other instructors would pick me up also. If they wanted me to teach their class and they were out or they were, you know, or they just didn't feel good that day or they wanted to take a break, they'd come pick me up. So.
1: Yeah, it, it is amazing how these things work. You, you know, first you got to make all those arrangements yourself, and it can be really tedious. And then once once people see how well you can do, then they're willing to help a little bit.
2: Yeah, it was. That, great
1: that, that's my experience.
2: Like I would get there, and some people would take me home, which was really cool. If I got there, then I usually got a ride home because all right, Sometimes I would even stay and take my girlfriend's class too. When I worked at another gym, um, my I had a nine o'clock, and then she taught at ten o'clock. I would take her class, and then we go jogging to get more workout in
1: <laughs> <laughs> so 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 what uh, you, so what classes did you teach you talked about cycling and stepping uh yeah i, taught,
2: did you, yep, I taught step i taught cycling i taught kickboxing i taught high impact aerobics back in the time when it was good when i was in and nobody cared about their knees or feet yeah <laughs> um, now I'm in the pool. So, cause I'm older now I'm seasoned and, uh, my people are seasoned. So I'm in, i do aqua now. And then, um, what else have I done? Yoga. I do yoga and I do Pilates and so done it all. You know, I feel like I've, I've run the gamut, you know? Of, so
1: y- yoga of course is a big deal now. Uh, um, and th- was that a separate lesson thing you had to, you had to go through or is that, is that part of your original, uh, it was a
2: separate one. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And how, was how that compared to your original licensing that getting that license?
2: It was, it was harder. It was hard, but you know, it was about the same. I had the tutor and I had the, the reader and then um, went through it with my certification. The, I'm certified through AFA, which is the American Fitness of Aerobics Association. So um, went through them. And then I also do CECs every two years to keep up my credits and my license.
1: And uh, you mentioned the word tutor. Uh, What did the tutor do to help you going through these classes?
2: She read me the books. Okay. They were not, nothing was accessible for me, which was the, you know, it wasn't on the computer. You had to read the books. So they had books on the muscles and they had books on how to cue. And so all these books, I'm sure things are different now. So, you know, I have to keep up my credits, which my credits are not, you know, they're still, I, I take somebody with me. They're still... Kind of in the dark ages about blind people, so um, I do bring somebody with me. They allow me to take a person with me, and they help me with my when I get I have to get my CECs.
1: So, if somebody were to come to you and say something along the lines of "Hey, Leslie, your 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 uh, profession sounds really interesting. I'm sort of intrigued by what you do. What do I need to do to get started? What might you say?"
2: I would say, "I hope you like working out." <laughs> <laughs> and it's a a lot about teaching other people your profession um the other presenter was talking about that his passion of, of technology which was just I was in awe of him because I'm not a very techie person I'm learning but it's it's all about the passion I I teach on the ACB community five days a week now so my my trait I'm teaching to other people so I would say if you want to get started have the passion of working out and have the passion of teaching other people your trait of working out. It's not always when you're teaching individuals, it's not your workout. Your workout is a different time. And, and I learned that when I first started. Everybody, Some people told me that and I thought, what are they talking about? Because I'm working out with these people, you know, as I'm teaching a class. But you're really not because you're you're critiquing them. You're going over to them, see how their posture is. So you're not getting your, your true workout for yourself.
1: So you have to have a passion. You have to have a passion, uh, you know, to help people, you know, exercise. And then what, I mean, so you have this passion, you know, this is what you want to do. What do you think the next step might look like?
2: Um, I say the next step is to look at the different certifications. Um, There's AFA, like I said, there's NASM, which is the National Sports College Medicine. There's also ACE, American College um, Education. And there's, you know, all those, all those certifications that you can go to and look at. So ACE, AFA, NASM, um, there might be another one, um, SCW, Sarah City Workout, they, they do certifications. Some of my certifications are through them. And I would look at that and see what you need to do to, to be certified, um, if that's your passion and that's what you want to do, um, you know, it's. It's very interesting because a lot of people don't like to work out. So when you say you're, you're an instructor, they go, really? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Working out can, you know, has its downsides, shall we say.
2: It's in my blood, Peter. Yeah,
1: No, I, I get it. Yeah. Um, my, my, my dad uh, uh, was raised in Germany and loved to walk and he used <laughs> to climb mountains. And the result is I walked with him all the time and now I like walking three or four or five, five or six times a week.
2: Right. Cause that's Absolutely. what I
1: did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: so that's it. That's your passion. That's in your,
1: that's, that's, that, that's in my blood. And it's my physical, yeah. you know, that's not what I do for a professional. Oh, Something yeah. that, that, that I, that I do. And it's sort of the same thing with you. It sounds like.
2: Yep. I get it. Anytime you go to an AC convention. Yeah. I always check out the gym. Always at 6 a.m. and get my workout in before we sit and listen to lectures. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that probably, that that probably helps. Yeah. Some of those, some of those lectures can be, shall we say, uninspiring.
2: Right. Yes.
1: Um, so, so you're, you're in the pool now, uh, you, you, you know, you're helping people, uh, with water aerobics. What are your plans for the future?
2: My plans for the future is to keep up on the ACB community. I love teaching to them now, um, I'm teaching back, giving back to blind and visually impaired people, which I never taught to any blind or visually impaired people in my health profession. Um, so it's very cool for me. I had to learn how to reteach again. So it was a it was a new it was a new technique, a new tool for me. It was out of the box um, when I first started teaching. When the pandemic hit, I had to learn the clock because <laughs> I've taught sighted people all my life, and I could say, you know, lift your right knee you know, or take your arms out or just take my arms out to the sides and they would do it, you know. So now I I know the clock. I'll say, take your arms out to nine and three, you know, make sure your your abdominals are tight, lift your knee up towards your chest without touching the floor, you know. So there's a lot more cueing, which is great. So my tools have come back in, um, you know, with that. But my future is just to keep teaching to the community and keep teaching to, I have a, a group of ladies that come over to my house now I had my own gym for five years. So at the end, I I got to teach and do what I wanted and uh, not have to go through any democracy and, you know, all that bureaucrats bureaucrats stuff. stuff. Yeah. So at the end, uh, because my vision was getting worse, I couldn't see to teach step anymore. I couldn't, you know, I mainly went to training. So I got my own gym. And so the ladies that came to my gym that were my clients have become my friends and they come to my house now, and I train them in the morning, and then I train in the afternoon to the blind and visually impaired world.
1: So, so, so my last question to you is, how is how how has learning to teach uh, us blind folks to do this stuff influenced the way you teach other people, and vice versa?
2: Um, a little bit, I'll say to the, my, my sighted friends that I teach in the morning, I'll say your arms out to nine and three. And they're like, yeah, we know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so it's, it's, I don't do as much verbal cueing with them. I mainly just do it. And they've been with me for so long that I'll say, lift your knee. And they know, um, the community, the ACB community was so new. Now they've been with me for a while. So sometimes I will forget to do the clock and I'll say arms out and they're like, "To
1: where it's aware. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So, and I'm like, sorry guys. So it really, really helped me. Um, it's brushed up my, my teaching skills. I'll say, Peter, you Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's brought back a lot of teaching them the muscles in your body. Um, because when you teach a long time or do any job for a long time, we get, um, you know, we get slack in what we do. We, we, we forget. forget our tools. We forget, um, the fundamentals of your body or the fundamentals of your, your job, you know, and you get, Kind of placement, you know, kind of displacement and kind of go, oh, okay, I'm doing you know, just go through the motions. So, for the community, the ACB community has helped me tremendously. Um, I've given back and they've actually brushed up my, my tools again. So,
1: awesome. Well, Leslie, thank you very much uh, for this fascinating interview. It's wonderful to hear your accomplishments in helping people get more fit. And we wish you well in your future endeavors.
2: Thank you. Thanks, Peter, for having me.
0: been listening to let's get to work a podcast from the employment committee at the american council of the blind have questions episode ideas or feedback feel free to email brooke Jostin, the committee chair at b-r-o-o-k-e underscore j-o-s-t-a-d at comcast.net until next time